Welcome to Sunday Commentary, a weekly program designed to break open the Sunday Scripture readings. Join us as we listen to God's Word and seek to grow in our love and understanding for the good news in our lives. And now, Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman. The Liturgical Scripture Readings for the 32nd Sunday in Ordinary Time. A reading from the Book of Kings. In those days, Elijah the prophet went to Zarephath. As he arrived at the entrance of the city, a widow was gathering sticks there. He called out to her, Please bring me a small cupful of water to drink. She left to get it, and he called out after her, Please bring along a bit of bread. She answered, As the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked. There is only a handful of flour in my jar and a little oil in my jug. Just now I was collecting a couple of sticks to go in and prepare something for myself and my son. When we have eaten it, we shall die. Elijah said to her, Do not be afraid. Go and do as you propose. But first, make me a little cake and bring it to me. Then you can prepare something for yourself and your son. For the Lord, the God of Israel, says, The jar of flour shall not go empty, nor the jug of oil run dry, until the day when the Lord sends rain upon the earth. She left and did as Elijah said. She was able to eat for a year, and he and her son as well. The jar of flour did not go empty, nor did the jug of oil run dry, as the Lord had foretold. Through Elijah. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The responsorial psalm, Praise the Lord, my soul. Praise the Lord, my soul. The Lord keeps faith forever, secures justice for the oppressed, gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets captives free. Praise the Lord, my soul. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord raises up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the just. The Lord protects strangers. Praise the Lord, my soul. The fatherless and the widow he sustains, but the way of the wicked he thwarts. The Lord shall reign forever, your God, O Zion, through all generations. Alleluia. Praise the Lord, my soul. A reading from the letter to the Hebrews. Christ did not enter into a sanctuary made by hands, a copy of the true one, but heaven itself that he might now appear before God on our behalf. Not that he might offer himself repeatedly as the high priest enters each year into the sanctuary with blood that is not his own. If that were so, he would have had to suffer repeatedly from the foundation of the world. But now, once for all, he has appeared at the end of the ages to take away sin by his sacrifice just as it is appointed that human beings die once, and after this the judgment, so also Christ, offered once to take away the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to take away sin, but to bring salvation to those who eagerly await him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. In the course of his teaching, Jesus said to the crowds, 
Beware the scribes who like to go around in long robes and accept greetings in the marketplaces, seats of honor in synagogues, and places of honor at banquets. They devour the houses of widows and, as a pretext, write recite lengthy prayers. They will receive a very severe condemnation. He sat down opposite the treasury and observed how the crowd put money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow also came and put in two small coins worth a few cents. Calling his disciples to himself, he said to them, Amen, I say to you, this poor widow put in more than all the other contributors to the treasury. For they have all contributed from their surplus wealth, but she from her poverty has contributed all she had, her whole livelihood. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, Kevin, it is good to be back and doing the recordings again. For yes, our great to have you here. Commentary, and yeah. All for November here. We're into November and uh, hopefully going to have a great set of commentaries this month. Finishing up, yeah, coming to an end of the liturgical year here yes, very we are. soon. Yeah, very true. Well, oh, you had I'm something sorry. Yes. <laughs> on Veterans Day, don't I you? I did, yes. In fact, this coming week is Veterans Day. So November 11th uh, is a day that we celebrate the service of all of our U.S. military veterans. Uh, it originally started as Armistice Day, that you might remember that. Uh, but as of a resolution back in June 4th of 1926, uh, requesting that President Calvin Coolidge issue a proclamation, uh, the 11th uh, hour of the 11th day of the 11th month, uh, we go ahead and celebrate uh, Veterans Day on November 11th. And so, of course, this originally uh, was to remember the uh, formal ending of World War One. So, so please thank your veterans and all who have served our country. We very much uh, need all of our active military and our veterans to remember that indeed this is a, a country and its freedoms well worth defending. Indeed. Thank you yeah. all veterans and active service personnel Amen. for your service to our yes. country. Thank you. Um, so today's readings, these are kind of interesting. Um, in fact, we're going to get examples of two widows who acted in faith. In fact, some of their faith or their response seems so generous that it almost seems a little bit foolish. Um, and the first story we're going to hear is from the book of Kings. Um, One and Two Kings documents the history from Solomon, about 970 BC, to the Babylonian exile in 587. And we have a story about Elijah, and he ends up in Zarephath. And, and how does he get there? <laughs> so, so Elijah predicted a three-year drought to King Ahab. And you might have heard about King Ahab, Queen Jezebel. Uh, king Ahab was a terrible king. He promoted idol worship. Queen Jezebel actually had a contract out for Elijah's life. Um, and so God told him to go ahead and, and get out of that region and leave his home and go to a stream east of the Jordan. And that's where ravens brought him bread and meat every morning. Uh, eventually, the stream ran dry, and the Lord then told him to go to Zarephath, and that's where he met the widow. Exactly, yeah. And I want to point out that the widow we hear about in this passage, she's not an Israelite. And we know this because she answers Elijah by referring to your God. And also, Zarephath was a region in which worship of the pagan god Baal was the predominant practice. So very likely this widow was a pagan, and yet she remained open to the truth. And we know this because she didn't turn her back on Elijah after she recognized that he was an Israelite. So if we add this all up, we have a godless, poverty-stricken woman and at that time in history, just being born a woman created an economic disadvantage. And this woman was a widow with a child to provide for. 
And at first it sounds like either Elijah is clueless as to this poor widow's state of poverty, or he's a heartless cad, but he was neither. Remember, it was God who sent him to her. Elijah had no idea what God's plan was, and neither did the widow. They both responded in faith. Even as Jezebel's hired assassins were hot on his trail, Elijah overcame the temptation to give up. He followed God's instructions. And the widow, she also was almost out of food and her village was experiencing a famine. So running to the marketplace wasn't an option. She knew that likely both she and her son would die of starvation. And yet, when Elijah, a complete stranger sent by God, asked her, to share the morsel of food she had left, she did so obediently. And that act of faith was so profound that Jesus brought it up when he was confronted by an angry crowd of Jews outside the synagogue. And we hear about that in Luke's gospel, uh, chapter four. Jesus kind of rubbed their noses in the fact that God chose a poor pagan widow to minister to the great prophet Elijah rather than any of the Israelites. So when we're deep in despair, brokenhearted, or suffering from illness, God is there with us. He's asking us to make that leap of faith, to trust Him, to believe Him, and let Him heal our brokenness. And that act of faith, that willingness to do the will of God, even though we don't understand what the outcome will look like, that surrender of our will to God's will, that's the stuff that miracles are made out of. <laughs> she indeed uh, did act with faith. And, and we see how she responded to that Lord's promise. You know, the jar of flour will not go empty. The jug of oil will not run dry until the day of the Lord sends rain upon the earth. And as you were mentioning in this and in, in her beautiful response there, um, you know, it made me think this time when I was reflecting on this is, is you know, why did she say yes? And on top of that, why did she feed Elijah first? <laughs> and and I really like your explanation of how she acted in faith of the Lord. And, and sometimes that is very much in a contrast of how we want to act. <laughs> we oftentimes will, will bring ourselves inward and we'll rely on ourselves until we basically hit rock bottom. You know, I've got nothing else or no one else to trust, so I'll believe and I'll trust in the Lord. And this provides such a beautiful example for how we're really called to act, isn't it? Yeah, it does, yeah. yeah. In our second reading today, we hear about the, um, from the letter to the Hebrews, and it talks here about how Christ did not enter a sanctuary made by hands, a copy of the true one, but heaven itself. And, and I think that this is really a beautiful, uh, kind of a description of not only the Jewish temple, um, but also, of course, our Catholic Church today. So I thought I'd give just a little bit of an example of, of the Jewish temple and how it was uh, organized. So on the outer court of the temple was the court of the Gentiles. And so Gentiles were allowed to go there, but no further. Then inside that, then you had the woman's hall. Uh, and then inside that, you had the altar. And then inside that, you had the holy place. Well, Inside the actual holy place, you had the most holy of holies. This was something that was hidden by a veil, and no one was permitted uh, to enter except for the high priest, and he could only enter once a year on the Day of Atonement. And and this is an interesting thing as well when they say holy of holies. Remember, um, in Hebrew, there's no superlative. There's no holiest. So you oftentimes hear holy, 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 or something like that would be what the holy of holies is. And so this is a very sacred place. The holies of holies is where the high priest encountered God. 
And the Catholic Church today is also where we encounter God. Again, a copy of the true sanctuary is our church. And God enters that true sanctuary, and that's why our churches are supposed to be built in a certain way. They're supposed to be the Gospels in stone. That's, they're supposed to be where we encounter Christ and how important that is. Well, let's go ahead and move to the Gospel today. We have something from the Gospel according to Mark. Oh, yeah. And it begins with Jesus' public chastisement of dishonest scribes who pretend to be righteous but at the same time, drain the assets of poor widows. Widows and children were the most vulnerable classes at that time, primarily because as a rule, they couldn't own property. They just weren't allowed to own property. And Jesus said this about the scribes. They devour the houses of widows and as a pretext, recite lengthy prayers. You know, we have people very much like those scribes in society today, those who betray public trust for personal gain. And we see news headlines that are peppered with stories about acts of embezzlement, unbridled acts of sexual depravity and hostile takeovers by power hungry corporate moguls. In essence, very much like the scribes who take advantage of the weak and prey on the most vulnerable of our society. So for just a minute, let's suppose that the widow that we're hearing about in this reading today was very poor because she had fallen victim to the schemes of a shrewd scribe. Nevertheless, she didn't allow her grim circumstances in life to get between her and God. She gave her whole self to God. And it's likely that at some time or another, we're all going to fall victim in one way or another to some kind of justice dealt by the hand of a powerful adversary. We should follow the example of the widow and not allow our unfortunate circumstances to somehow exempt us from our duty to God and do our very best to serve him with our entire being. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman, produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio. For more information about this show, go to moderndayradio.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I radio.com.